one chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you want? Welcome to the Dead Funny, Dead Serious podcast. Today, our guest is Ryan Lucier, and she's coming to us from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Midwest is best. Ryan, let's just dive in. Um, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so I'm an end of life planner and death doula. I primarily focus on helping uh, families and circles of loved ones plan what I guess could loosely be called alternative funerals, although I always feel a little silly saying that. Like, I get the genre of music and it's alt or something. But by that, all I mean is a funeral or a memorial service that is held outside of a memorial home or a funeral home. Excellent. Yeah, I, I think that's so interesting. Yeah, calling it alternative funerals <laughs> when they're actually the original funeral. Yeah, and then traditional. traditional. Yeah, and traditional yeah. funerals aren't. And it always reminds me of like modern art, which isn't modern. Modern art is older, but contemporary art is real. And we right, messed up yeah. all our words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I also really, uh, it's ironic that like what we call a traditional funeral has really only come to being in the last 100 years or so. But then these older um, rituals and ceremonies and practices were around for like a thousand years, but now they're, they're fresh and new and alternative. And so it's. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's a little yeah cuckoo bananas to talk about it like that. Maybe we can, you know, elevate that switch and calling these back to like traditional funerals. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, they're not really alternative. They're just, we need to re identify with them. We, We need to re associate ourselves with what this is and and you're the person so yay tell us like what brought you to this and yeah how did you get here yeah so I got um I guess the the bullet point version of this is I got very sick when I was in high school and spent about a little bit over a year in and out of the hospital and had like an ostomy bag for a while and then started volunteering in hospital settings because of that and then Consequently, when there were elders in my life and family members who were sick and were dying, um, I just felt really comfortable in those spaces. And so family members would invite me to come and help take care of them, things like that. And uh, so I had the privilege of spending time with my grandfather while he died. And it was it completely on his terms and exactly what he wanted. And so because of that, I got really interested in uh, the, the death care world and how we can make sure that people are being met on their terms and that they can be affirmed in what they want for the end of their life. Um, and then I've just always um, worked in events and hospitality for a really long time. And so the two kind of merged and that's how I ended up being in this specific uh, practice. Amazing. And you trained as a death doula. I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to today, and uh, the name of your company is Song for Autumn. It's named after a Mary Oliver poem. Oh, Mary Oliver, <laughs> always a favorite. Go right into it. What is it exactly? What does this look like? Um, alternative funerals. I hate even saying it. So <laughs> right. this beautiful thing that you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always feel. I feel like that wording and that rhetoric is the one that for uh, people who are grieving or planning their own loss, it clicks the easiest for them. But I do would love a rhetorical shift. This is something much more accurate and appropriate. Uh, 
So for me in my practice, I'm a really big believer in that there isn't like good or bad. There isn't one right way to have a funeral or an end of life service and that different people are going to need different things and are going to want different things. Uh, so as an end of life ceremony planner, I try not to tell people what they should or shouldn't want because I'm not them and it's not about me. And so instead I'm really focused on letting people know all of the options that are available to them. So it's kind of where we start and looking at like what kind of atmosphere people are interested in, what sort of conversations people would like to be having, also what they feel like they really need from this and what their grief is asking for and how we can tend to that. Um, I try not to set up an expectation that they'll ever have closure because I don't think that that's an attainable goal. So instead, I try and focus on working with uh, families and loved ones and people around the person who is either actively dying, planning their end of life service, or if they've already died, uh, to figure out and locate what feels the best for them. And so with that, sometimes people, I think when planning a funeral, the instinct is to kind of call up the local funeral home or to kind of shop around those. And again, I think that's a really great um, option for a lot of people, but there are a lot of other options out there as well. And so there's home funerals that can be held exactly like the name implies in your home. Uh, the restrictions for that vary a lot from state to state. So I can speak more towards Illinois, but I do know it changes a lot depending on what uh, state or if you're in another country. I'm sure that they also have different regulations for that as well. Or sometimes we will do uh, services that are held in like a public place or a meaningful place that isn't necessarily a public park, but sometimes it could be uh, like their favorite diner or their favorite dive bar. This is obviously not in a pandemic world, but things like that. Uh, so focusing on people and place and how we can create rituals within those spaces that really speak to people and both reflect who they are and also hold space for uh, any sorrow or anger or frustrations that they have, but also room for whatever sweetness or warmth or the honey of the relationship that's still there as well. Yeah. So to clarify, so the listeners understand, so home funerals, the body can be present or not present at a home funeral. And we are talking about Illinois and there are regulations, so check with your local agencies, but that's a little different. But when you're talking about in public dive bars, those are the body is not present in any of those, correct? Uh, sometimes cremains can be present, but um, generally speaking, the body is not, unless it's going to be a, a green burial type of situation, which again, that varies so much from state to state, but sometimes in certain um, nature areas that are near where the body will be disposed, you can have it there. But for the most part, for public places, the body isn't present. And then, yeah, like you said, for home funerals, it can be present, but it doesn't have to be. And on average, are you working more with the person who is facing death or are you working with the families? I would say it's probably about a a 70-30 and most of the time it's with the families and then uh, in the minority more the people who are actively dying. Okay. 
So they find you in their time of need? Yes. Yeah. So what are the biggest challenges of your job? I I think in terms of working with families and their time of need, and I know this is something a lot of death care workers talk about, um, but when you are first in the throes of grief, I think everything is just so much foggier and messier. And obviously it's different for every person, but um, if somebody is really clear about what they would like for their end of life ceremony or ritual, it makes things a lot easier on the people who are still alive after that person dies. And so we do come into these situations where people, families, or uh, the people around the honorary really want to do right by them, but they have no idea what that would look like. And that's a really big obstacle that we run into because there weren't a lot of conversations around it, but then they have this sense of guilt about if they, you know, don't, if they make choices that the person wouldn't have wanted and how to go about that. And that's, I think, one of the larger ones. And then I also think sometimes people on the note of guilt, um, they will want to do a, instead of a traditional sit down and people are going to, will listen to a eulogy and do some readings and things like that. They want to do a nature hike because this person really loved the woods and they're like, you know, I think we should go through this guided walk and they want to do something like this. And they think that that would be the right way to honor that person. But then they'll also feel this sense of guilt about like, maybe we're missing out by not doing mm-hmm. the, um, a more contemporary funeral and what it's expected to be. And so I think those are the big things is that lack of knowing exactly what the person would want. I think that's one of the bigger challenges we run into. Yeah. Across the board with anything death related, right. And getting people to finish their paperwork or make plans. Uh, It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. And I want to respect that. And part of our jobs as death educators is to gently place this in front of people as much as possible. So when they're mm-hmm. ready to talk about it, here we are. <laughs> right, exactly. If you're in Illinois, if you're in Northern Illinois and you are considering thinking about it, you can find Ryan. Um, have you had much success in kind of getting the word of mouth out there about your business and what you offer? And how did you do that? Yeah, I think that I've been practicing on, I'm full-time now, but I wasn't always, you know, it takes a while to build a, yeah. a, a full-time freelance career. Um, but initially it was a lot of word of mouth. And I also would have these community gatherings for free where people could come and work on their advanced directive and we'd work them through it. Or um, I'm teaching one at the public library in a month that's on this and planning your funeral. And it's hoping to get people thinking about these things ahead of time and knowing a little bit more about their their options. And so I worked for a really long time as doing lots and I still do these things. Um, but for me, I guess my, the quote unquote career is more of a community role is how I try and view it. And so for, years was doing a lot of these offerings that just slowly got my name out there. Um, And then in the pandemic, I started doing virtual memorial services for keeper memorials, which has also been 
uh, very useful as well for that. And it's been also nice to be able to reach so many families who aren't just in Chicago and to be able to kind of have these practices and these conversations with people from genuinely around the world. Yeah. If you're able to say what's the most unique request you've had from someone? Mm, Oh, um, this is one I think kind of after my own heart. So maybe I'm a little biased (laughs) in it. Uh, I always joke that I would like at the end of my funeral, um, that all of my loved ones have a nice cathartic karaoke session and that they can, (laughs) you know, sing whatever they please, but that I would um, prefer there to be a lot of ABBA in that mix. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, I recently had a, a family who wanted to all sing ABBA together at the end of the, the funeral, which I thought was just absolutely charming. So fun. So fun. Yeah. I'm up for a good ABBA uh, karaoke session with family. Yeah. Which is not to say that like when we include elements like that, it makes everything uh, like jovial and happy-go-lucky. I always try and make sure that people know that regardless of the rhetoric that we're using, that like their sorrow and their, um, what I guess we would refer to as negative feelings, but I don't really like to use that rhetoric, but any like sadness or anger or anything like that is also just as welcome as whatever type of like whimsy or humor or warmth that they have. So what do you think about mm, how do we get people more interested in, in alt funerals? How can we sell them this idea? (laughs) Uh, I think it's a, I think people need to know that it's there and for them to also start thinking about it earlier on, which I completely sympathize. That's not a very easy thing to do. And it's not something that we are, or most people are really actively like waking up in the morning and having their cup of coffee. And they're just like, well, what about my funeral? It's not it's a good day to know. talk about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think though, if you can find ways to weave it, into your even on a yearly basis Um, my parents for their anniversary every year they update their advanced directives and talk about it with each other and then talk about their funerary wishes um so which is no surprising how i ended up here (laughs) it all makes sense now (laughs) yeah uh so you know that is maybe one example that's obviously not for everyone but I do think if there's a way that you can even on a yearly basis just touch base with yourself and think about it and I also think the more that people have funerals that aren't the cookie cutter version of it or what has been sold to us is that over the last 100 years or so um, the more you attend those I think the more people are encouraged to do things like that because they see how meaningful it can be and then they start considering it for themselves and having conversations about it. And so I do think it's a lot of just education and conversations and connection. Yeah. Getting that conversation started and showing people the opportunities and, and the options that are out there. And yeah, we are seeing them more and more um, in our own families, our own systems, our friend groups, and the more we see just one 
even if you go to five traditional funerals and then one all funeral, at least you have that in your mind. That Right, exactly. And it's also okay to do a tradition. Again, it's, I try not to have a, like, this is, these are good funerals and these are bad funerals. It's really yeah. like, if people want the, uh, referred to as a traditional funeral, if that's what they want, then absolutely by all means. But uh, there are just so many options out there. And I feel like most people just don't know what's available to them. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree. I think whatever, you know, path they want to choose uh, is okay, but we just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> and we don't want to talk about death. So mm-hmm. it's hard to have that conversation and let people know what they don't know because it's a hard conversation to have. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Although it gets easier, I think, the more you have it and the more time you um, you get cozy with it. Absolutely. So in our last couple of minutes, what are your hopes for your business and the future of, you know, end-of-life professionals? Yeah, I would love for things to just keep generating and expanding. And uh, my hope for myself is that I can keep in touch with like my core values of listening to people, meeting them on their terms, meeting them where they're at, (laughs) and making sure that um, I'm still really grounded in community and connection and things like that. But uh, where it goes, I... I don't know. I think it's really hard to think of the future at this particular time and space in the life. Um, but I, I hope that we can start having conversations with people, even from, you know, childhood, to be honest, because I, mm-hmm. people also experience grief. And so I'd like there to be a lot more just conversations and uh, that as a, that all of the different cultures that we can all sort of collaboratively start working on a more like death positive and grief positive sort of universe. And by that, I don't mean that those things are happy and wonderful, but that they are almost, you know, they're inevitable and making room that we are holding space for them and that we're creating a type of place where it's okay to grieve and that we're aware of the realities of death and how to best go about it and talking about things that we want at our funeral and things that we don't want when we're on a deathbed and et cetera. Yeah. Well, what a beautiful sentiment and very kind of you to hold that space for others and be ready. Let's get them all ready. I'll push them a little bit, just a little, <laughs> little nudge here and there. Just a little bit. Yeah. I don't think anyone, um, Whenever I'm working with a person who's planning their own funeral and they just get so incredibly overwhelmed by it, I mm-hmm. try and break it down and be like, okay, if this whole thing is giving you so much emotional tumult, then maybe we can focus on if there's a, t- if there's a certain place you want it to be held, or maybe if that feels too much, we can talk about like who you'd like to be there. Or if that's getting a little weird, maybe we could talk about what type of music or if there's a song that absolutely must, you know, make an appearance. Or maybe there's um, some poetry or a reading or something like that. We try and like break it down. Say like, you know, this whole thing, if it's too much, then let's just take a branch of this tree and let's work on that. 
and then we can do it step by step. And hopefully that is a more digestible approach to it instead of just like, yeah, here you go. Yep. That's how you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? (laughs) That's a terrible analogy. I hate that analogy, but it's appropriate. Right. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Ryan, I want to thank you for your time. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I am uh, the only social media I have is Instagram and it's just song for autumn. And then I'm also, I have a a website, which is songforautumn.com. And then I can also be reached via email at ryan at songforautumn.com. Amazing. We're all going to run over and contact you all the time. I don't know why. Because you're (laughs) so lovely. Just just chat. (laughs) (laughs) Just talk. All right. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. It was amazing. And we will talk later. See you all in the next episode. Bye.